is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. When we think about fighting hate and anti-Semitism, the enormity of it can feel overwhelming. What can one person do to really make a difference? That is why so many of us partner with ADL. Together, we have a much bigger platform, but sometimes individuals can have a profound impact. ADL donor Georgette Bennett is one such individual. She grew from the tragedy of the Holocaust to spend a lifetime moving heaven and earth to do something about what is wrong with this world, and she has done a lot. Some of you may recall my earlier interview with her about her work helping Syrian refugees, and now she has written a new book entitled Religicide. It's about the need to confront anti-religious violence. I've read this important book and I'm pleased to welcome Georgette as my guest today to From the Front Lines. Welcome, Georgette. Thank you, Scott. It's very nice to be back with you. So, Georgette, it may seem pretty basic, but what is religicide? It's interesting that you should ask that question. It's probably a term that most of uh, your listeners have never heard. Because it's the fastest rising form of violence, and yet it has gone unnamed, unprosecuted, and undeterred. Religicide is a highly targeted attempt to wipe out an entire religion. And by that I I mean not only wiping out the people who practice it, that would be genocide, but also wiping out their sacred spaces Uh, their rituals, their entire cultural heritage. In the book, you lay out several examples of religious side, the Rohingya in in Myanmar, the Yazidis in Iraq, the Tibetans, the Uyghurs, and even the Native Americans. Maybe choose one of those and briefly take us through how religious side can play out by, by describing their plight. Well, let me use as an example the Yazidis. A religious side has been perpetrated against them by ISIS, which is a very antiquated and harsh form of Islam. And much of it has actually played out on the bodies of women, because in the religious side against the Yazidis, um, men were executed, but women were enslaved, and they were sold as sexual slaves, and of course, repeatedly raped. And many became pregnant by their rapists. But because of Yazidi laws of endogamy, a child cannot be considered Yazidi unless it has two Yazidi parents and therefore can't be accepted back into the community. So even though they were liberated a few years ago, they could not come back into the community with these children. Now, this was really rape with an intent to wipe out the ability of Yazidis to perpetrate their own religion. But it wasn't only done this way. There was a scorched earth policy. Most of the Yazidis lived on Mount Shingar, but their wells were filled with debris, their Animals were slaughtered, uh, their orchards were scorched, so that they couldn't come back 
to an area that was sacred to them. It was all completely wiped out. So that's just one example. Now, religicide has several components. I mentioned genocide is one. The other is ecocide, and that's the term that would describe what was done to Yazidi lands. The other is facticide, to use misinformation and disinformation to dehumanize and demonize a community. And from there, it's a very short step to perpetrating violence against them. And that sounds like where ADL fits in. I mean, obviously, we're uh, an entity that, that fights hate, that fights that kind of disinformation and extremism and, uh, and fundamentalist views. And that means that ADL has an absolutely crucial role to play because the point at which an intervention needs to be done to prevent religicide is the point at which language becomes weaponized. It begins with hate speech in every religicide that you look at, in every genocide that you look at, whether it's Bosnia or Rwanda or Ethiopia, whether it's the Holocaust, whether it's the Armenian genocide, whether uh, it's, it's any genocide you can think of, it all began with hate speech, with dehumanizing the other. We speak a lot about the pyramid of hate, and uh, hate doesn't start at the top of the pyramid. Let's call that genocide or religiouside. It starts at the bottom with stereotyping and microaggressions and these kinds of speech-type activities that can just be excused. Yeah, well, microaggressions are a luxury that we have here in the West. <laughs> what we're talking about here, these aggressions are not micro. Right, They're right. very macro. It builds, it builds. All right, so... How is it that the perpetrators of these crimes literally get away with murder in plain sight of the world? Doesn't international law hold these perpetrators accountable? No, it does not. Because unfortunately, religiousite slips between the cracks of international law. So while there are laws that cover four recognized forms of human rights violations, uh, war crimes, crimes against humanity, genocide, um, ethnic cleansing, which is not covered by international law, but has been cited by the International Criminal Court. So all of these are elements of religiouside, but they don't cover the entirety of religiousside. And if you look at the UN, for example, you look at the way the Security Council operates, Two of the five permanent members of the Security Council, Russia and China, are among the biggest human rights violations in the world. And yet any action that the Security Council would take against, let's say, China's uh, religious side against the Uyghurs, they can't do it because, of course, China is going to veto anything that's against its interests. So there's something completely illogical about this. I have a, a question in my mind, which is perhaps more overarching, but I'd love to get your, your view on it. As you look around the world at all of the destruction and, and loss of life and, and culture and all of this in the name of religion, is religion more of a force to divide us or, or more of a force to unite us? Well, when religion is, is misused and abused, it is absolutely a force to divide us. 
But when you look at the religions themselves, what are their core values? Uh, love, peace, caring for the stranger. And it's ironic that despite the fact that these are the core values, it's in religion that one also finds the roots of hate speech. And that's because of group narcissism, the idea that one's own group holds a monopoly on truth. And that's grounded in apocalyptic thinking that divides the world into the children of light and the children of darkness. So by virtue of being black, foreign, Jewish, Catholic, Muslim, liberal, or gay, you name it, a person can be branded as impure and therefore fair game for bigoted scourges. And that means that there is an especially important role for religious leaders encountering religious side. They need to interpret the toxic texts that can be used to justify religious side and group narcissism and apocalyptic thinking. We're coming to the end of the show, but I want to end on a hopeful note. How do we stop this? What are some of the policies that you recommend in your book? Because this falls between the cracks of international law and because it's so difficult to create change in the UN system, it's important to use a top-down, middle-out, bottom-up approach. And just a few examples of um, things that can be done. Governments can admit more religious-side refugees and provide much more aid to restore survivors and their communities. Global business leaders can alter their supply chains so that they don't support the perpetrators of religious-side. Where religious side pits the state against a religion, diplomats have to use economic and political pressure to deter that behavior. Maybe most important of all, we've got to set up early warning systems to detect weaponized language as a prelude to violence. And then we have to take a public health approach, because like the spread of a disease, violence can be stopped with early intervention. Okay, great uh, suggestions and uh, an excellent book, uh, Religious Side by Georgette Bennett. Uh, Georgette, you're a true hero, and you have certainly shown the difference that people can make in this world. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for inspiring us, and thank you for all you do to make the world a better place. And thank you so much for what you do, Scott. Uh, thanks also to Danit Foreman, who is interning with ADL New York, New Jersey, and helped do research for today's show. And, of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is fighting hate for good.